This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Co. Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception of the Show. We've got a great show lined in front of us here today. But Matt, oh my goodness. Uh, today is a landmark day uh, for the website. Please go check it out, receptionperception.com. For the very first time ever, we are now unveiling more than just wide receivers. We're going into the quarterback's room, man. Um, and, and I know you, this was uh, an idea that you and I were both full full steam ahead on. We collaborated on this. We brought in the great Derek Glasson. Uh, but just uh, what's going on in your mind right now, man? This is, uh, you know, this website's your baby, you know, and uh, and for us to bring in quarterbacks and stuff like that, man, um, it's got to be pretty, I don't know, a little bit of, a, a you know, a, some some stuff's got to be going through your brain, no? You know, man, it, it really actually is. Uh, today is also the one-year uh, anniversary of signing a new contract at Yahoo. Uh, so Ooh. that was that was cool. Um, yep. it, interesting timing. This lines up here today and. You know, it was just a, it was really 10 years ago, actually, that, um, you know, I started kind of really putting in work on ba- the on the old backyard banter site. So that like the 2013 season was really when I started that. And, you know, that's right. when I started working on reception perception in the background. So, yeah, a lot of um, uh, a lot of definitely uh, I would I'm, emotions, to be honest, you know, creeping up about that type of stuff, man, uh, and, and sort of trying to be introspective, also being um you know, actively trying to take joy in that. You know this about me, James, and and obviously, um, you know, I was talking to my wife about this this morning, who definitely knows this about me. Um, I I don't like to sit around and be like, "Wow, look at this," you know, and like, well, "Look at all the things <laughs> I've, I've done," or, or or the things that have happened. I I just prefer to keep yeah. working and 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 uh, you know, keep plugging going away. after it. So right, yeah, keep plugging away, man. So I'm uh, <laughs> I am feeling definitely feeling a lot today, and it's really cool to see, um to see the work that Derek has up there. You know, I've just started to look at it a little bit here, just like everybody else. I, I didn't get any, I didn't want to get any sneak peeks really. I wanted to find out um, here at, you know, uh, 12, 12 PM Pacific, just like everybody else here on Monday. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's great to see the work that has gone into this from Derek's side, obviously um, to you guys putting this together with him to Zach Miller. I mean, you know, the absolute goat Zach Miller uh, putting mm-hmm. a lot of work into this as well. Um, Michael uh, Wagstaff putting work in on the charts. I mean, just a ton of things went into this, and it's really cool to see the product. And yeah, man, I'm I'm I don't know how all this happened uh, to me specifically. Um, you know, generally in the last ten years, in the last year, I don't know how all this stuff has happened. And certainly to see um, the work that has gone in on the quarterback side, giving an extension to the website that I already right. pour so much into, is pretty incredible. So I hope people check it out, uh, and I hope that people look at this and say. Yeah, we were already getting good receiver stuff. Um, you know, look, I will, I will pat myself on the back and say I don't think there is better receiver analysis out there than there you're going to find at reception perception. Um, no, there is but not. I think now, 
trying to approach that from a quarterback angle too. I hope people see even more value in the website. All right, man. Uh, we're going to do a deeper dive into that. Um, we'll gloss over a little bit today. Don't worry. We're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes. But uh, when we get Derek Klassen onto the podcast, uh, we're going to definitely dive in to some of his work. And he's put a lot of, man, let me tell you, man, he, he has put an unbelievable amount of work uh, yeah, into yeah. this. Uh, and, and, you know, and the one person that could truly appreciate this is you, Matt. You know, <laughs> it's like you put an unbelievable <laughs> amount of work um, into it. It was funny going, going over it with Zach. Uh, you know, he had some questions for me on Friday uh, before yeah. we got into the weekend. Just like, you know, hey, what do you think about this piece of data? This piece, you know, just kind of doing a final little back check of it, I guess. And uh, the first thing I thought, like when he, he shared a screen with me, I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of data. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm like, hey, maybe that's what people think when they see like my master yeah. spreadsheets too. But even for right. me, even for me, and I, I obviously collect a lot of receiver data. I was like, wow, this guy is doing a ton of work, a ton of charting. And yeah, yep. I mean, th- look, this is, <laughs> uh, I said this to our, our friend, uh, Lindsay Rhodes, actually, you know, Mm-hmm. Very recently, I was on the radio with her, and I said, you know, I, I do all this work so you people out there don't have to. You know, you, you can just check out the site. And you don't have to watch every route like this. And, and that is definitely yeah. what Derek is doing with quarterbacks. Like, you know, you, yep. you want to know more about quarterbacks than you ever thought you needed to know. This is definitely you're going to find this it with is this it. data. This is it. This is it. By the way, Lindsay, the great Lindsay Rhodes, formerly of NFL Network, uh, my colleague at both NFL Network, our colleague at NFL Network, and my former colleague at DirecTV as well. She is on Sirius XM Satellite. Uh, she's got a fantasy show. And by the way, also a subscriber to ReceptionPerception.com. Can't Just confirm. saying. All right. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Kansas City. Let's get through some news and notes here. And, um, and we're going to get into the tremendous profile uh, of Tyler Lockett, man, who is just <sighs> still absolutely balling right now. Anyways. All right. Let's start with uh, Kadarius Tony there in Kansas City. He hurt his knee in practice Sunday. He's expected back for the start of the season. Matt, again, there was so much hype building behind Kadarius Tony. He's going to be the number one wide receiver in Kansas City. He's going to be, he's going to go off. He's going to finally just explode onto the scene. And this to me is just yet another setback uh, for what has been a very injury-ridden career. Uh, for Kadarius Tony, and and I thought your charting of Kadarius Tony too just basically put a stamp on it for me. It's like he's a gadget guy. He's an explosive, highly explosive gadget guy, but that's what he is. And I think in an Andy Reid offense, you can't build a, a passing game around a player like Kadarius Tony. But when you saw the news, what did you think? Yeah, so uh, I saw a, a tweet today. Are we calling actually? Are we calling them X's now? You know, they're no longer tweets. Are they? Are they X's? You know, with the soul Elon Musk. I mean, who? The, that who sounds the terrible. First of all, it sounds, sounds terrible. Yeah, no, I, actually, who, I don't, no, I don't. I, listen, I don't want to run into many of my X's. I definitely. That's don't. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I didn't even think about that. But that's what um, I mean. Oh, we're talking yeah. about my X's right now. I'm like, I, I, I like got, I got like, you know, I, yeah. my chest got Ooh. tight a little bit. I was like, wait, right. wait, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? My X's? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. not, <laughs> this is not the podcast for that. This is not the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. you know what I, I mean. Did, yeah, I didn't, didn't even yeah. think about that. It was I was about to right. say. Yeah, I saw saw one of my exes say about Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Definitely did not. Uh, but no, I did yeah, see right. a post on the on Twitter slash X, whatever the hell it is, uh, from right. Alex Gold, who's a you know reporter in Kansas City, said that. Kelsey says he's crossing his fingers to get Tony back as soon as possible, whether it's for the beginning of the season or a few weeks in. 
Um, okay. So, I mean, we really don't know when this is. And then Kadarius Tony, I guess, also said on Twitter, you know, report slightly wrong, but I'll definitely be back soon. Um, you know, love you, Chiefs Kingdom, all that stuff. So, I think right. what we know now is that this guy, we don't know when this guy's going to be back. And look, right. I, I, this is, I'm going to trend into unpopular territory, perhaps, by saying this, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think, because, look, let me be clear, like, you should never victory lap anything in july and you should never victory lap because of an injury and i'm not i don't really like the victory lap period on period on players positive or negative so please as i say this that's not what i'm doing but i do think when you look at Kadarius tony this is a guy who has consistently had issues staying healthy yeah big this time. is also b- big time i mean this is what we're talking about here like he got injured doing punt return drills and like pre-practice is what is what what this sounds like he aggravating a pre-existing injury and when you look at his you know the criticism of of him on reception perception is that he's not a nuanced route runner he's not a detailed technician and that shows up in his press man coverage scores um that have always been low he has been exclusively a gadget guy like i said when we talked about him a few uh like a month ago or, or whatever it was we have never seen there is no evidence in the nfl that this guy is like a real full-time outside receiver it just it's right. not there 16th percentile last year against man coverage 27th the year before um he posted 52 percent uh versus man coverage as a rookie 50 percent uh, against press like those are not good scores either He's obviously a really explosive player, as you mentioned, but I think my unpopular take here is that these these two things are related. Um, there's there's a reason that he's hurt all the time, and there's a reason he's probably not a good route runner. And I think it's fair to to question at this point, you know. And this is also a guy we're talking about. Like, have you seen the stuff where he's been getting in fights with like Giants fans on Twitter and like sending them yeah. DMs and stuff. Right. I'm just going to say that this guy's probably not putting in the most attention to his body and to his nutrition. I'm I'm just, I'm get I'm guessing at it, you know, and I think these two things are related. I mean, not only is he getting into fights with Giants fans, then he's like sending voice memos and like, and then then saying it's not him. And then saying he got hacked. I mean, the the ultimate, the ultimate bullshit excuse, right? Oh my God. Can my eyes roll further into the back of my, it's like, dog, it's like, you know, they've got the saying online of you got caught in 4k. Like, I mean, bro, you're sending voice memos and then you're saying you got hacked. Hell I mean, of a it's hack. not even, <laughs> I mean, what they're using AI to generate your voice now. Like what is going on, dog? Come on, bro. It is, but I'm saying it's possible, but somebody's going to these links Somebody's somebody's hacking into Kadarius Tony Twitter to to then send an AI generated voice memo to some. Come on, bro! Like that's not happening. That is not happening right now. Unbelievable. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I know that just sound, comes off like old man yelling at the clouds, but I I think that you can you can make connections there, right? Like maybe this yeah. guy is not putting in the time and attention he needs to be um, consistently healthy. That look, some people are just snake bitten, and I think there's probably a little right. bit of both, right? Like, but sure. at the same time, there could be correlation between, and there could be causation between this correlation, right? Like that he's not that that he's doing all this stuff online, he, you know, this nonsense, like threatening Giants fans in their DMs, sending voice memos, all that stuff, talking about Daniel right. Jones and Saquon Barkley, still clearly thinking about the Giants. Uh, and he, the reason why he can't say anything, the reason why he's not, you know, not a good technician, because you know what that takes time. That that's one thing that I, you know, doing this stuff with receivers, uh, you know, charting them, and then obviously a lot of the guys I get to talk to, 
Um, you know, because I'm in a great position at Yahoo where I get to talk to a lot of these players, you know, receivers and not receivers. This is, it, it is an hours based business, right? Like you, you, right. It, it's an hours based exercise. These guys that are great route runners that have these great, you know, reception perception charts, they're not doing this just because it's like a God given ability. That's what's so impressive about these guys who like, you know, Antonio Brown or, you know, Antonio Brown, whole nother thing, but like, you know, these guys who aren't necessarily like great <laughs> testing athletes. I should have used right. a better example given what we're talking about here, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? These guys who aren't great, like on paper testing athletes, <clears throat> yes. you know, that, that become great route runners. That's why I think these players are so, fantastic because it takes time and yeah. attention to detail and it, it's a craft-based thing and you know Antonio Brown for all of the nonsense that he um you know it was, that obviously mm -hmm. became of his career at the, and his life at he's this point man. right he's a he's a madman from a training perspective too like True. nobody put, absolutely at his peak nobody was putting more man hours into what was going into his body and how he was going to perform and all of that stuff so Bro, yeah I mean Antonio Brown could roll out of bed tomorrow play in the NFL and grab you eight touchdowns and a thousand yards like he could just maybe. do that I, I mean he's not. that just I mean he's that special you know I mean we saw that with you know the Patriots dude just comes in catches a touchdown and you know he goes and he goes obviously haywire with the buckos but I mean even with the box it was like you know yeah but guy could still play you know it was crazy yeah. anyways but, but but yeah but yeah go on Bad example, uh, but you know these guys that are uh, under like unheralded athletes that become. How about like Steve Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, or just even you know guys that are playing right now. You know, Diggs was a fifth round pick. Um, right. You know, right. Cooper Cup is a great example. I uh, just mm. he's fresh on the mic because I just finished his profile. The guy ran like a four six at the Keenan Allen ran like a four seven at the combine or some nonsense right. like that, and the reason that Cooper cup who will break down more in depth at a future episode. This guy is a maniacal worker who puts a ton of time and attention into the detail, the absolute details of coverage and leverage and the little things that make you, you know, one of the best zone beating receivers of all time in reception perception. Um, you know, obviously some of those guys have gotten hurt at different points of their career, certainly, but you know, this stuff with Kadarius Tony, I think, is all connected. The online nonsense, the on-field performance, and mm -hmm. the inability to stay healthy that just like I don't think you can I don't I don't really buy that the Chiefs were ever counting on him to be a number one wide receiver. Um, but it's to the point that like, you know, unreliable people are unreliable. And I think he's a little unreliable in multiple in multiple ways. Okay, so my whole thing, this whole, you know, while, while Kadarius was getting all this hype was, man, Sky Moore is, is just criminally underrated right now. Um, I thought that he was going to really step forward here in year number two. We, we've highlighted very clearly that uh, rookie players in Andy Reid's offenses, it just takes time to understand the nuances of what Andy Reid is trying to get done. Uh, Sky Moore now going into year number two. Uh, I thought he was going to really step forward. But Matt, what say you from a wide receiver room? Because because obviously, as we know, Travis Kelsey is their go to pass catcher. But just from a wide receiver standpoint and, and do keep in mind, Andy reads off. You, you got to get production from wide receivers. You just do. And obviously. Reed has done an amazing job, maybe the best job in NFL history in terms of manufacturing that. Uh, but they've got MVS. They've got Sky Moore. Justin Watson played a ton. Didn't see a lot of targets. Richie James, they had in the offseason. And then they drafted a guy in, in Rasheed Rice. 
I feel like now that Kadarius got hurt here, I I'm I can almost sense that there's going to be a steady drumbeat maybe for Rice, and, and I just don't know if he's there. I don't know if Rasheed Rice is there either, um, but I do think he's a really intriguing prospect for a variety of reasons. Where you know I've mentioned his reception perception sample was not was not great. Um, also, no. was probably banged up during most of that. But I think he fits best as a vertical outside receiver, you know, replacing MVS at some point. In, in, but, but they also might view him as a big slot. I, I don't really know because Brett Veach has kind of thrown that out there at different times. So maybe they view mm-hmm. him in a different way um, than I do. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a big factor as a rookie. We'll see about that. MVS, I know, gets a ton of crap, um, but he is a good vertical threat. And he is cap- mm-hmm. he is an inconsistent player, a like, you know, we talk about Amari Cooper being an inconsistent player. You know, MVS is a dramatically different and much more so inconsistent player. But right. he is an NFL like receiver three who just happens to be their top outside guy. Um, I am a little, you know, you know me, James. I'm always like dying at the fact that I don't have some of these like like RP profile and some of these guys. And I think Richie James is sort of kind of getting into that territory for me, just because okay. I've never charted him, but he had a pretty nice season with the Giants last year. Yeah. And there's Reliable a lot dude. of there is a lot of excitement about him uh, in the early days of Chiefs camp. Now I will say I always come back to um, uh, our late great friend Chris Wessling has always talked about those guys that popped in the OTA in like OTAs and mini camp and padless practices, and it's right. always these like spacey slot receivers. Paris Campbell's getting it with the Giants right now, and then you know former Giant Richie James. Maybe he falls into that category, and that's why people are really excited about him. But there is a lot of hype about him as a route runner in training camp right now. So I'll, I'll note that. But yeah, it does come back to Sky Moore to me, who I think is a really solid player. You know, we've we said on the show many times that I think the fact that he had a, a slow rookie season is not surprising to me. Uh, right. and, you know, it was not, was not surprising to us because he was coming from a very low level learning Andy Reed offense. Uh, I, I think Sky Moore can be a really good player that you can throw the ball to like a hundred to 120 times a year. But I just really don't, I don't think, I think this team, as long as they have Travis Kelsey does is never going to have like that number one receiver. I mean, it was never going to, I don't think it was ever going to be Kadarius Tony. And I don't, I mean, and that's just like not his role. And I mean, I think right. Sky Moore can be a solid slot receiver, like a solid flanker slot receiver, but I don't know that that's going to be his role necessarily either. So mm-hmm. he is the guy I'm definitely most betting on here, Sky Moore. And I would have said that, you know, prior to the Tony injury, but now it's just even more so. I think he has to be the guy that takes the step in this receiver core. Cause when I look at MVS, tapped out Justin Watson yeah. tapped out Richie James probably tapped out you know Rasheed mm-hmm. Rice I think we'll see in 24 and beyond and Kadarius Tony I thought was tapped out at his previous role as like a gadget guy yeah. so I think Sky Moore's the one that I'm like I don't know that he's tapped out as just like a bit player I think he could be right. a full-time slot receiver I'll throw some numbers out here for you okay Sky Moore 5'10 195 he's around a late round two pick but still relatively a relatively early pick um, especially for a small school wide receiver for Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he ran a 4-4-1, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, now we're starting to get to like fast, fast. 4-4-1 is fast, fast, okay? Um, his 34.5-inch vertical left a lot to be desired. You'd like to see that number above, you know, 36-37. 10 broad jump, again, not great. Uh, you'd like to see that around 10-8 or higher. Um, so <clears throat> I bring up the vert and the broad jump, though, Matt. Uh, and I thought I saw this a little bit too, just watching him play short area burst, 
not really his game. 4-4-1 would indicate he's got some long speed and can get out there and run if given a little bit of a runway. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on, on those uh, athletic measurements there for Sky? Yeah, I don't think he's the most explosive player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his his success rates in college were great because he did what you want to do, uh, a guy against smaller competition. You want him to go out and blow the doors off those guys, and that's definitely what he did right. uh, from a collegiate perspective. He was, you know, top two in success rate versus man press and zone coverage among the guys charted in that 2021 or 2022 draft class. You know, that like I said, goes out and dusts small level of competition. Uh, right. In the NFL, I definitely think you, you saw that lack of explosiveness, um, you know, but you give him a clear runway. I think that's right. Like, you know, I think that's why they wanted him to be on punt returns so bad, but he just like, he's never been a punt returner. Like, why are we having this guy field punts? He's not going to field punts. (laughs) So, um, I do think though, that yeah, giving him the head of steam like that is really good. And for me, the one thing I would say too, about sky Moore, he's what we were sort of talking about the inverse with Kadarius, Tony, that if sky Moore is going to be maxed out, um, He's going to max out his ability. He's going to have to become a great route runner. He's going to have to become a great technician because he is not that explosive athlete. And obviously I don't know about, I don't know sky more and I don't, you know, have any like sources on this, but if he's been putting that work in, if he's been taking that attention to detail, which I do think you saw as a collegiate player and last Mm -hmm. year too, you know, we're talking about a guy in a very small sample. He played everywhere. We talked about that. He lined up at all different receiver spots. He played some X. He played some flanker. He played some slot, getting to know the playbook. I think his long-term position will be flanker slot. But he still had a 73.1% success rate versus press coverage, a 70th percentile score, you know, 68.5% against man. That's solid. It's like right up. It's above average. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about a guy who had a big learning curve. So I think the fundamentals are there for Sky Moore to build on. He's not the most explosive player for sure, but the fundamentals are there for him to take, uh, I think, another step as a player. Okay, so last thing I'll say about Kansas City, um, I thought this was interesting. In terms of wide receiver targets who were lined up out wide, Kansas City ranked dead last in the NFL in 2022. So whoever, whatever wide receiver lines up out wide for Kansas City, generally doesn't see a lot of work okay they 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 again ranked last in terms of uh percentages of of the passes thrown to outside wide receivers in the nfl in regards to wide receivers lined up in the slot a little bit better but still below average uh in 20 percent about 20 percent of the targets went to slot wide receivers that ranked 19th in the nfl but Again, I think Sky Moore can play a little bit everywhere, uh, as we saw him last year. I, I, you know, I totally agree with you. You, you want him a, a little bit, you know, maybe off the ball, but flanker, slot, Sky Moore. But we saw he can play a little bit of X too. Um, so let's see what Andy Reid cooks up for him uh, in 2023. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. It kind of is a good segue into what we were teasing at the beginning of the show, Matt, which is that quarterbacks are now live on the site. Please go check that out, receptionperception.com. But Patrick Mahomes' profile uh, you've been harping on this. Uh, you attack this a lot. And, and I know the colors and stuff like that on the charts are very, very popular. Uh, and we've got, by the way, we've got, uh, you know, graphs and all that kind of stuff, all the kinds of graphics uh, for our quarterbacks as well. Uh, but for Patrick Mahomes, there's it's interesting because there's you would think for a player of his caliber that the route tree, you know, the passing route tree that he's got should be like all green. And it's just not the case, right? Um, but Derek goes out of his way to say that Patrick Mahomes is, yes, he is the best player in the NFL. Yeah. Um, take I, Just from Derek's profile, uh, which I love, take your eyes off the charts, forget about the numbers for a second. Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in football, and it's not that close. Um, that's the first two lines from his uh, profile, which is great, and everybody should read it. And, like, yeah, look – Derek is at the beginning stages of putting this project together, right? Um, he's been charting quarterbacks forever, but not at the scale that we uh, have him going to be doing on the site this year. Um, right. I've been there, buddy. You know, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, it's it's when you're building that database, like comparing against you know who who you've got going, it, it could be sort of like take this on a case by case basis and really look at right. the individual player. Whereas, yeah, right. with with me, like there's. 400 something players in the historical database now at this right. point there you know there's tens of tens of tens of thousands of routes like 70,000 routes or something been logged so it's a little different mm -hmm. um yeah so don't and and generally even with me i mean i was talking about this on with somebody on twitter today or x whatever it is don't don't just look at the colors and identify off the colors like please please because right. then you're gonna think some nonsense about receivers too so yeah i, I mean obviously numbers the colors are great but come on like really read the words uh, for, <laughs> for, for me and for Derek especially and yeah. you know i i love um I loved reading the Mahomes profile, and I loved the one thing. The, my favorite part about it was looking. We always talk about James. The intermediate, you know, to to deeper intermediate mm -hmm. peer, period of the field is where right. money is made in the NFL, and that's something that Derek uh, highlighted on Mahomes' profile that he was like incredibly like a stud on the quote big boy throws. You know, Mahomes was excellent in throwing in the eleven to twenty yard area outside the numbers. Those are, he says, those are throws that require superb timing, accuracy, and arm talent to pull off consistently. And you see Mahomes do that with what did we just talk about? Not even doing it that often with these like star outside receivers. They don't have right. any star outside receivers. That's one thing that spinning it forward from you know, you know multiple years down the line this is like, what is this? Is this two and a half, like, or, or version 3.0 of the Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes? Like, I guarantee you someday they'll, they will have some stud receiver that lines up outside that like yeah. his 66.7% success rate and 60 or 76.9% success rate on the left and right outside throws 
uh, 11 to 20 yards down the field is going to be like totally, uh, you know, captured by one and somebody down the line. So that's always important to remember with Mahomes. Like, yeah, the receiver core looks like this right now. It's not going to look like this forever. We saw the same thing with Tom Brady. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot to dig into with his profile, but that was one thing that, that stands out to me is that like, that's why we're all craving some number one receiver on the chiefs. Cause this guy right. is good at those throws. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what the profile uh, illuminates for me is that, okay, still obviously unbelievable uh, at throwing deep balls. Uh, you know, again, 54.5% success rate on the nine. That's really good. Post route, 92.3% success rate throwing the post. Wait, what? That is wild. I'm sure Travis Kelsey had a lot to do with that um, as well. Okay, but if there's an area of concern when I look at the chart, again, just eyeballing the chart here, uh, was a little bit below what you know is considered league average on the curl route and the slant route. That surprised me a little bit, especially the slant. Listen, the, he had Juju for a big chunk of that season, um, and I thought Juju was a pretty good player last year. Uh, to be slightly below average in the curl and slant uh, is interesting. And as a matter of fact, uh, this is what Derek wrote in his profile curl routes specifically gave Mahomes trouble. Uh, and he, and he points to some of the timing that is required on a curl route, which is absolutely true. Uh, I've said this before curl routes are a very dangerous throw, uh, in the NFL because it does require timing. And if your timing is off, that is a ball that absolutely can get taken back for a pick six. So one of the most dangerous throws you could throw is the curl route. Uh, but given the makeup of this team, Matt, I did think that was a little interesting um, that again, you're taking a, a look at some of these players. We just got done talking about sky Moore, thinking his best role for the chiefs offense is flanker slot. They add Richie James. Uh, look, this is a team that needs to generate some stuff inside uh, for some of their wide receivers being slightly below average on the comeback curl and slant. I don't know. It, it gives me a little bit of pause. Yeah. The slant one was definitely interesting um, too, from like a, from a success rate standpoint, uh, they don't run a lot of slants or flats, or at least uh, from the route percentage, uh, you know, when, where, where Mahomes was throwing them, those were his two below the NFL average uh, for, for his targets there that, that Derek charted. I think that's interesting. Um, I think, what we do know about Mahomes is the incredible dig route or the dig route success rate is pretty good. 66.7% that post route mm -hmm. percentage. Like these guys are going to have to be you cause, cause Derek talks about it. Like Mahomes is a great player. Um, sometimes his timing and placement can be a little off. As Derek says numerous times during the profile, like, all of the juice is worth the squeeze here with Mahomes because of how right. he plays and, 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 and what he does. But I think for a lot of these guys, they're going to have to be really good on those dig routes. Are going to be have to be really good on, on in that in that area of the field, the eleven to twenty yards. And you know, one thing I will definitely say is, you know, you look at Sky Moore's uh, success rate by route chart uh, as a rookie, eighty-seven point five percent success rate uh, on the dig route. That's going that's going to be a nice overlap with Mahomes. But I agree, like some of those slants and flats. That I think they definitely need somebody super reliable to be in that role, and and someone that can work to you know work with Mahomes when he's getting the ball off from an an ill timing perspective. Because while it's all worth it, it is still like a an asterisk to, and just something to keep an eye on there with Mahomes right. and how he fits with these receivers. All right, listen, we're going to try to get Derek on on Wednesday if we could break him away from some of his quarterback charting because he is like knee deep in this stuff right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I know he's you know, he's working really, really hard to get as many profiles up as possible 
our goal uh, for for season number one of of quarterback charting uh, is to get you know north of twenty profiles, probably around twenty five uh, profiles. So the top twenty five you know quarterbacks in the NFL. That's what we're aiming for. Okay, so we got on this project a little bit later than we would have liked. Obviously, <clears throat> when you're introducing something brand 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 new. Uh, there is some, you know, there's some learning curves there and, and, and even from a management standpoint, you know, just trying to figure out what we actually wanted, uh, out of Derek too. It took a little bit of time. Anyways, uh, look for that on the site. We'll try to bring him on Wednesday, uh, and we'll really dig in, uh, to some of these numbers and, and maybe we'll ask him about, pa- about Patrick Mahomes again, but, uh, we've got player profiles up right now. Uh, and in regards to some of the quarterbacks, we've got uh, the elite guys up. We've got Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. I know he's got a Dak Prescott one done there as well. Um, oh, baby. We'll ask him. Yeah, and I'm sure Cowboy Nation will be uh, very interested to see what some of those results uh, bring back. All right, but <clears throat> uh, we continue on with some uh, news and notes here. OBJ says 2023. He's viewing it as like a, a retirement season. This is his last season, according to OBJ. And now we know OBJ is, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that sometimes goes off the cuff. Uh, I don't know how serious he is about uh, 2023 being his last. But just from what you kind of have, you know, seen, uh, Matt, uh, and obviously didn't play last year, what do you think this man has left in the tank? Yeah, I think a lot of when I read that quote, it was like he's kind of going to give it his all as if it's his last year. Right. And then if something happens after that, we'll see, which means that if he plays really well this year, he's not it's not going to be his last year. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like this is a retirement tour, but yeah, he's on a one year deal. That's some incentives right. uh, within it. So certainly, you know, we're in we're in kind of that phase with Odell Beckham. But, you know, it, I it's always funny because it kind of kills me when people say, look, he's never going to be the player he was with the Giants. Well, you know, no kidding. Of course, he's not going to be that player that he was with the Giants. Right. Like, that's, that guy's never coming back. That was, you know, how many years ago was that? And, and, and you know, it was like eight years and, you know, 18 injuries ago, right? right. Of course, he's not going to be that Jesus. guy. Right. And, and also, by the way, too, you know, when you look at Odell Beckham's, like, data in the historical database, uh, reception perception, like, I mean, those – 2014 to 2018 just unbelievable unbelievable seasons for reception perception with Odell Beckham there so yeah he's never going to be that guy right duh but the last few times we've seen him he was really good in 2021 and 2020 uh for the for the Rams and the Browns I think that's the thing that goes overlooked here is that his season with the Browns in 2020, 76.5% success rate versus man, 80% success rate versus zone, 80.4% success rate versus press. Those are really good numbers. He has an ACL tear after that. And then his next season in 2021 is a mix of games with the LA Rams, but also with the Cleveland Browns is in that Mm -hmm. sample. 72.3% success rate versus man, 81.5% against zone, and 76.4% against press. Obviously, the numbers are down against man and press. That's to be expected when you're coming back from an injury. You're still dealing with injuries. Um, he's really only had one bad season in reception perception. That was 2019 when he was definitely playing with the hernia injury. That was like pretty widely reported. So 
I mean, this, and again, we don't know what we're going to get out of him this year because it's been so long since we've seen him. We didn't see him play all last year. He had an ACL tear in the Super Bowl. So who knows what he's going to be like. But I maintained that the last time we saw him, he was not just a very good player, but a very important player, especially for right. the LA Rams because of right. the role he was playing as that backside X receiver, how that opens things up for the offense, how that brings in high degree of difficulty throws with confidence because of what who he, who he is as a route runner. I, I think he can, the last time we saw him, he was still like a number one type of receiver. And, and I think if healthy, he could be, and I, it's just, it's hard to say what he's going to be this year with the Ravens. But the last time we saw him, he was a very good player. Yeah. I mean, even in 2021, when you're talking about his, his success rate versus zone, 81.5% success rate versus zone in 2021. It's better than what DJ Moore put to, put on tape in 2020, right? So mm-hmm. um, if everyone's still gassed up about DJ Moore, I, I think Odell still got some tread on the tires. Um, it's just that he's been away from the game for so long now. You know, we're talking about a year and a half. He's also entering his age 31 season. He'll he'll turn 31, uh, you know, maybe about halfway through the season. I think his birthday is in November, if I think I saw that right. Right. So he's 30 years old, coming off of a, a pretty major injury, hasn't played football for over a year. Uh, that certainly gives me a little bit of pause. And he's and I think what's really interesting Matt, is that he's playing with a quarterback that's got some accuracy issues um, and playing in an offense that we have no idea what it's going to look like with Lamar at the helm. We've got no clue what this offense is going to look like. And I don't I have no idea what OBJ's role is going to be in this offense as well. They've got Rashad Bateman. Um, but I think OBJ at this point in his career, I don't know. You tell me, where do you think he lines up? Is he going to be a slot flanker dude? Is he going to be one of these guys that plays all three positions? I don't know if that's the best role for him. Maybe it will be. Um, that's kind of what it was for the Rams. They moved them all over the place. Uh, but maybe that's not what they do in both. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, there's so many question marks, so many moving parts with what OBJ is going through here. That is what's really, I'm, I'm kind of super oh, look no shock. I'm I'm cons- I'm really interested in and curious about how these guys line up, right? Because that's what I'm always mm-hmm. interested in with receivers. Um because I'm a nerd. Uh but like <laughs> right. Cuz I think Bateman could play X and I think Bateman could play flanker and I think he could play slot and I think last time we saw Beckham though, he was the X receiver for the LA Rams and for the and for the Cleveland Browns too. Um yep. This is a guy who was playing that X receiver position, winning consistently. And like I said, what that opened up in the offense for Matthew Stafford was like they don't go to the Super Bowl without Odo Beckham that year. They don't. Uh they and and you right. know, he was on his way for like a Super Bowl MVP type of performance because he can still be that side, that type of player. Uh, the game sample from 2021, Beckham was lined up outside on 82.9% of his sampled snaps. He was on the line of scrimmage for 79.9%. I, I feel like if Beckham is healthy and is right he's probably the x i think bateman is probably the flanker and zay flowers is probably the slot but i think that those guys can because that was one thing i really liked about zay flowers you got a ton of exposure with him playing multiple different positions in college like Mm -hmm. you got even though he is built like a smaller slot receiver right you got reps of him playing x and winning against press coverage and in contested situations you got reps of him playing as a pre-snap motion flanker receiver 
but you get the same things out of Bateman at the NFL level too. Um, and you know, the Ravens of course, like can't have a normal week, right? Like they have JK Dobbins is on the PUP list. Rashad Bateman, like didn't report to camp and then he reported two days later and Eric DeCosta yeah. didn't seem concerned right. about it. Uh, so right, right. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I said the moment that they drafted Zay flowers, I'm so ready to get my heart broken by this receiver court. Cause on paper, <laughs> these guys look so good. Yeah, but right, 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 you know, right. Bateman is a health risk. Um, Odell's Beckham a health is risk. A health risk, and Flowers right. is a rookie. So um, you could tell me that any of these guys lead the team in in receiving yards, and I'd I'd be willing to believe it. I mean, it's a it's the best from a skill position standpoint. I don't think there's any argument that this top to bottom is one of the most talented Ravens offensive uh, teams that I think we've ever seen. Okay, we've got Mark Andrews at tight end. I like I like their running backs too. I think John Harbaugh obviously has done a great job uh, of getting a lot out of his running backs for guys that we don't even see coming. Gus Edwards, who's Gus Edwards? You know what I mean? So, uh, but no, I, I think I think their collection of running backs is going to be great. J.K. Dobbins is obviously. Uh, got to be happy and healthy. And if he is, then then he's an explosive athlete. Again, we talk about Mark. I mean, we're talking about the wide receivers, but I, I mean, let's be real. Over the last few years, it's really been the Mark Andrews show. It's a, it, you know, it, it basically replicating what we see in Kansas City, where the best pass catcher is is a tight end. Um, and then Lamar is, is an MVP and, and obviously one of the most explosive players in the NFL. So, yeah, man, this offense, if they're right, can be really good and can be can truly be one of the best offenses uh, in Ravens history, if not the best, the, the best offense in Ravens history. That's what this team has from a talent perspective, at least on paper. And to your point, Matt, I think we're all ready. <laughs> We've just been so hey, you know what the other thing, too, is, Matt, they, they changed out their strength and conditioning coaches, right? Um, yeah. They hated them. You remember that report card that came out from the yep, Players Association? They hated their strength and conditioning guys, right? They cleared that out, got a new strength and conditioning team in there. So let's see if the Baltimore Ravens can stay a little healthier here in 2023. Hey, one right, thing that's uh, interesting from, from Klassen's data, yeah. you know, which is great, we can just refer to this now. Um, there you go. Great success rate versus man uh, for quarterback charting, 68. 2.9% I think is the highest among the guys he has there right now, which I think would surprise people considering the other players that are on the site. Really right. good tight window, 51.9% uh, success rate on tight window throws. So, you know, that matches up with these three guys. These guys are, are you know, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman. These are man coverage beaters that, I mean, think about the receiving core that, you know, Lamar was playing with after Bateman got hurt last year. You think Demarcus Robinson beating man coverage? No. You think Devin Duvernay beat man coverage? No. You think the version of Sammy Watkins that has run through that building the last few years has has uh, has, has beaten beaten man coverage? No. So you know who's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting there is uh, Lamar Jackson. So I think now that we've got three guys who could beat man coverage, you know, obviously health uh, withstanding here. I think we really are cooking with something. And the tight window throw success rate too. I think you know. Lamar's got pretty good placement on those tight window throws and, and Derek mm -hmm. does back that up with his data. I am really, you really curious to see how 
like there's a scenario where Odell Beckham catches 10 touchdowns this year because he's so oh, involved yeah. in the red zone. Like think about Absolutely. what he was doing. Even even when he wasn't fully, fully integrated in the Rams offense, which they were doing that stuff so on the fly because they picked him up midseason. They were like, oh, he might be a bit player. Oh, wait, Robert Woods tore his ACL. You have to basically be a starter. Even when he wasn't fully integrated within the offense from like that X receiver standpoint and like winning on a route-by-route route basis, he was really good in the red zone. He could test situations. And I think that could be – you know, really a good fit with uh, Lamar Jackson, those tight window throws. So that coming out of Derek's data is really interesting when you're pairing it with man coverage, beating receivers here in Zay Flowers, yep. Rashad Bateman and uh, Odell Beckham. But that tight window throw percentage, I think is really interesting for Odell and those other two guys. Cause they're good in those situations as well. But certainly last time we saw Beckham and his, his ability to just be a red zone monster for the Rams could be interesting this year with the Ravens when we get down to the goal line where they already have Mark Andrews, where they already have a really good running game. And like, oh, I don't want to throw a tight window percent, tight window, low percentage throw. I'm Lamar Jackson. I'll just scramble it in myself. Very dangerous right. offense. Uh, very dangerous. Um, by the way, some of the numbers that Matt is referencing here uh, can be found through the player data tab on the the website as well. But by, I, I always say, man, like I love the player data tab. People don't go to this area of the website enough, um, but that's where a lot of the gold can really be found. Uh, both from an NFL perspective, we've got college data up there as well. And then now we've got quarterback data uh, in terms of the sortable data, uh, data tables that we have up on the site. Please go check it out. I'm telling you, it's very, very interesting. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. I want to talk about Tyler Lockett, though, Matt. Uh, you just dropped his profile onto the site today, uh, I believe. Was it today, or did I miss that over the weekend? It was uh, Thursday or Friday. It was last week. Uh, well, I was I'm on vacation, there. so that's why I was. Yeah, you were gone. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, you were you were uh, out of, uh, quote, office. Uh, but listen, office. buddy, you, you want to talk about Tyler Lockett? I'm always down to talk about <laughs> Tyler Lockett. Um, I look at some of his success rates uh, on some of these routes, and I, I just I can't even – I can't even fathom it. I, I don't understand. How does a man have a 96% success rate on the out route, 85.7% on the dig, curl, comeback, both around 93%? That's, Matt, that, that's insane what he yeah. is putting together in the intermediate area of the field. Insane. Absolutely insane was a direct quote from the profile uh, for the, the that conjunction that mix that combination of success rates on the out and i mean the, the curl and comeback you know 92.9 percent success rate on the curl uh 93.8 percent success rate on the comeback is just absurd there's no other way to say it and yeah you combine that with the other the other intermediate dig and the out it's just like it's he's a special route runner he is an elite tier route runner and he is what we talked about, bringing this all the way back to what we were talking about with Kadarius Tony at the beginning of the episode. He's obviously a detailed, hardworking grinder technician. He also combines it with just unbelievable speed. Like watching Tyler mm -hmm. Lockett yep. for just from a subjective standpoint, watching him uh, for this profile is like, man, this guy is so fast. And like you forget about it at sometimes, like he will just outrun everybody and he is we're talking about a guy that what is he gonna be 31 is he gonna be 31 this mm -hmm. year 30 yep. 31 32 yep, yep. um dude i i think honestly 
I, I, I really don't know how else to say it, but like we have talked about some receivers on this podcast re- very recently. We've talked about Keenan Allen. We've talked about DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to say the name Allen Robinson, but we're talking about receivers of the last 10 years that have that at one point were like superstar receivers. And now we're starting to see the early signs of decline, right? We talked about right. Keenan Allen. We've certainly talked right. about DeAndre Hopkins. And like we're talking about a guy here in Tyler Lockett. There is no evidence of a decline. There's there's no evidence at all, which is crazy because, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, a guy who's like a fantasy for a second is now like in some outlets being the, th- the third drafted player from his own receiver core. He's been the best receiver on this team for three years. <laughs> and, and is and and not only is there no evidence of a decline, James, there's oh not only God. is there zero evidence on Tyler Lockers, Tyler Lockett's 2022 game film that there has been any sort of decline. His success rate versus man coverage of 78.9% last year, it falls at the 95th percentile. It's also yes. the best score of his career he posted wow. a, a career high success rate versus man coverage in, in last season at, at his age there's no wow. decline here he's aging beautifully top, top five success rate versus man coverage from uh, the reception perception database last year number one is stefan diggs number two is justin jefferson number three is aj brown number four is tyler freaking lockett and number five <laughs> is Devonte adams like <laughs> Put this man in that tier. That is where he deserves to be because the game film backs it up 1,000%. What is insane about this, too, we talked about this late last year. What more does Tyler Lockett have to do to break through, to like cut through the noise of it all? Right. Like he's not considered the best wide receiver on his own team. I mean, forget about these fantasy knuckleheads who I'm not saying all people are fantasy knuckleheads. I'm just saying the knuckleheads who play fantasy that are taking, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba ahead of Tyler Lockett. I mean, like, what are we doing out here? Are you come on? Like, are you serious? Yeah. Anyways, but what I'm saying though is like, what and we love Jackson Lockett? Smith and Jigba. We love we sure. love Smith and Jigba. Sure, it's not a absolutely. reflection on him. No, not not at all. Uh, JSN's going to be a great player for this team. I mean, he adds some much needed versatility and depth uh, to this wide receiver room, a hundred percent for sure. But he's third fiddle. There's just not even a question. And then in the the offensive pecking order, he's like fifth or sixth. They're going to go to the running backs more than they're going to go to JSN. Stop it, anyways. But Tyson, but for Ty Lockett, what more does this man have to do? I, I don't understand. Like he catches crazy passes downfield. He catches everything in the middle, in the intermediate area of the field. He's a productive player. He's efficient. Like he does literally everything that you want from a superstar wide receiver spot, but he doesn't get that recognition. I, I just want to have a mental exercise with you, Matt. Like what, what is it about Tyler Lockett that he just doesn't, I don't know. He just hasn't broken through as a superstar, despite the fact that the production's there, despite the fact that all the numbers are there. Uh, and again, he makes highlight catches. I, I, I just don't get it. I think, you know, 
when we talk, we've talked a lot about this with the Russell Wilson thing. You know, you and I were not really into the Denver offense like everybody else was last year. Mm-hmm. For one, we had questions about Russ transitioning. We had questions about Nate Hackett. Uh, yeah, good to question both those things. But number three <laughs> for us, and this remains the case today, I still think people misunderstand this receiver core, um, particularly one player in it that wears number 10. Um, but people really were in a, in in this like – national narrative to push through like oh let russ cook and like pete carroll's holding russell wilson back it's like yeah the receivers yeah. metcalf and lockett sort of got underrated for their contributions to russell wilson's like great efficiency and stuff like that but you could see in 2021 that like while lockett and dk had not declined like wilson was the one kind of holding that passing offense back and why they didn't really open things up and it's crazy to think like just how much they opened this up with gino last year you know i mean right Yo, watch, go watch the Saints. You want to have a good time? Go watch the Saints Seahawks game on all 22 this past year and watch Tyler Lockett, you know, split safeties, run big post routes, and Geno put that thing in the freaking, you know, basket, like right where it right. needs to go. Um, so they put a lot, just, just put a lot on Geno's shoulders, and he did a great job with it last year. I really thought last year would be the moment where, because Tyler Lockett had another dynamic season, you know, mm-hmm. incredibly productive. And he doesn't have the raw stats necessarily that other elite receivers do because he is, you know, and, and again, we ranked their, our top 10 last week. I don't think Lockett is an, is an elite receiver as like a Justin Jefferson, but I think he's a top 10 receiver. Um, but he doesn't put like top 10 receiver numbers up. He plays the, Seahaw- the Seahawks besides another great receiver on a, like a run heavy conservative and not, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but a run heavy type of thing with uh, Pete Carroll in that offense, Shane Waldron coming from the Rams tree, you know, you know, they're going to lean on the run game a little here, but I really thought last year was going to be where he went from underrated receiver to true superstar. And now yeah. he's yeah being drafted in fantasy behind Jackson Smith, the Jigbo rookie, which makes no sense. Um, the one thing I would say though, the one critique about Lockett's game uh, that people will point out is he's not a yak guy. Uh, he's not a yak guy. So much. <laughs> So much of those, so much of the point now that he is like, yeah, right. You know those fainting goats on on YouTube. Yeah, he's like yeah. that sometimes. He just falls over. Which, hey, buddy, he's dealt with injuries. Way to preserve yourself, you know. At this point, no. I, and really I though, it's like, that. yeah. Who ca- honestly? Who cares? This is the thing that's crazy to me. It's like we're talking about Tyler Lockett winning at a absurd rate on digs. Uh, on out routes, on comeback routes, on curl routes, you're not going to get a ton of yak on those intermediate routes or like comeback, like curls and comebacks and stuff like that. It's not his game. He was only in space on 6.9% of his sampled routes. Like that's mm-hmm, not the mm-hmm. player he is. People, yak guys can get – that's why – hey, again, let's talk about Kadarius Tony. That's why people overrate Kadarius Tony because they're obsessed with yak plays. Like give me the route runner, man. Give me the guy who's like, you want 14 yards? I'm going to get it by running against man coverage. Like I'm gonna, an out route against man press coverage on the outside, and I'm going to get you that 14 yards there as opposed to here's your little bunny hop Mickey Mouse route, and I'll break two right. tackles to get 14 yards. You know, I've said that about a guy like Chris Olave as well. So that's – but it is – that's a weak point of, of Lockett's game. He's not going to take a slant and break. <laughs> two tackles and get 30 yards it's just i just laugh because i have seen so many cut-ups of tyler lockett just immediately going down down which i i which i get like you know again he's 510 what is he like a buck 90 soaking wet right like he's like a buck 85 or like a buck 90 right like and again he's uh you talk about no decline in his game preservation of body has certainly 
helped with that. Uh, obviously he takes his health very seriously. Um, and he doesn't, you know, again, 12.3% of his routes were the slant route, which at 510, 185, you'd be surprised by that number, right? You would expect that number to be well over 15%. Not the case. They, they line him up outside um, and, and they ask him to make big boy throws, uh, big boy routes. Okay. But what I did find really interesting about this, Matt, though, is that, man, he just runs a little bit of everything. Guys yeah. don't really do that in the NFL. Guys have routes that they like to run or are pigeonholed into their particular offenses. You know, we talk about the, the extreme case in like Cincinnati where like everything's just, you know, we're going deep down. We're running the nines like all day right. long. Right. That's not Tyler Lockett. He doesn't have a single um, route that he runs for more than more than like 15 percent uh, nines post uh, both in that 11 12 range dig 10 percent out about 10 percent curl slant flat so uh, it's it's a little bit interesting I don't know and correct me if I'm wrong here man I don't know if there's another receiver that runs the full full route tree like Tyler Lockett yeah I, I would have to really think think about it like that but he is definitely one of the more balanced ones out there um and you know you juxtapose that like you said 15.2 uh, percent on the curl route that's his most his most commonly run route in reception perception in the game mm -hmm. sampled whereas you know you flip that on the inverse the two routes that that uh tyler lockett does not run uh that runs below the nfl average nine routes and slant routes Guess who, you know, runs those at an above average rate? DK Metcalf, 26.8% on slants, 19.6% on nines. The way these guys fit together and complement each other is so beautiful. Right. You know, DK is a height, weight, speed specimen. Uh, he yep. apparently only eats candy, which is even more bizarre. Um, <laughs> Life is just... Life's not fair, dude. I mean, come on. <laughs> this guy just sits around eating candy all day and just looks like that. Come on, well, man. Like, what is going on? Come well, on. he does like work out two times every day. He works know. out like 17 times a day, which I understand. Listen, yeah. I could work out for 24 hours a day. Uh, you could give me, you know, an extra seven hours per day than any any human on earth. If I'm just sitting around eating candy and doing, I ain't looking like no DK Metcalf. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> that's for sure. That is for sure. Um, he is, he is blessed. He is blessed. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah I mean, just DK, like they complement each other so well uh, in that way, like the routes that they run and, you know, Lockett, I think being able to you know, exploit those routes and the intermediate routes in that area is so crucial um, because he's a harder guy to assign extra defensive attention to as well. Um, it, that's why there's such a hard, uh, you know, receiver court to defend because right. DK is that like stationary X receiver, you know, who's going to face a ton of press man coverage. It's like, but yeah. you also can't press Tyler Lockett and teams don't press Tyler Lockett very often. Just 6.5% of his sampled routes uh, were, were against press coverage in, in reception perception last year because they're afraid of getting burned over the top, you know? So right. the way these guys kind of complement and fit in with each other from a routes run perspective, from an alignment perspective, it's really just a special grouping. And now, you know, you do throw Jackson Smith and Jigba in there. They might have the most like complimentary receiver trio in the I know, right? league. Because, yeah, really. Because, you know, 
Smith and Jigba is that slot receiver, you know, Lockett's an outside guy. He'll do some slot stuff. He'll do some vertical slot mm-hmm. stuff, but he's an outside receiver. Um, was only inside on 34% of his snaps. He's primarily an outside right guy. DK is the left receiver. And, you know, you're talking about now two guys that do that stuff. And then you got Smith and Jigba working against zone coverage, working off the line of scrimmage, you know, kind of that slant, flat, working intermediate as well. I don't, it's, this is going to be a tough receiver trio to defend this. Year. I can't wait to see Gino's uh, quarterback charting here because uh, from, from right. Derek Class on the website because, man, he's got just so much to work with in Seattle. Uh, Tyler Lockett, interesting dude, over the last five seasons now has a 74% catch rate. Given what he does, that is just absolutely freaking banana pants. 74% catch rate. This guy's everywhere, man. Um, unreal, unreal stuff. Uh, to, to Matt, to your point, look, uh, he scored, he's averaged nine touchdowns per season over his last five. That's, I mean, that's phenomenal. Um, but to your point, though, he's only averaged a little over a thousand yards per season in those five seasons as well. He really hasn't had that like 14 and 14 season, 1400 yards, 14 touchdown mm-hmm. type of season. Does it happen in, in 2023 at the age of 31? I mean, maybe, maybe probably not, probably, <laughs> probably not, not but- probably not, but maybe cause he's damn good. Uh, cause he is damn good. That, that it, it is so impressive, uh, to see his, uh, his chart go up on the site, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed looking at it and, and reading about Tyler Lockett, man. I, I love this player. You know, you and I were doing segments on uh, Tyler Lockett's reception. That's right. Reception at like NFL network, NFL now in 2016. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And I was way too high on him then, but he, cause he, cause he kept getting hurt and like, it just wasn't there for an offensive perspective. And now you look at him and, and you know, the stats do back it up. And I think, but the game film is even better. You know, uh, he is an incredible player. I think he's, when I think about like reception perception and like the hits over the years and, 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 you know, these guys were able to kind of be early, sometimes too early. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Right. Sure. Ryan McDowell, uh, dynasty league football once said like rarely wrong sometimes, but sometimes early. And that, I mean, Lockett was definitely <laughs> that guy, but man, I think he's one of my favorite players yeah. in over the course of like RP history, just because. I think he is so underrated. I think he truly is a superstar. You know, I wrote about it in, in the po- profile, like in terms of just pure route runners, like Justin Jefferson is better. Stefan Diggs is better. Devonte Adams is better. After that, I'm not sure who else is better from a route running perspective. Like that, that is, you know, you can argue, you can argue because of how good Cooper cup is against zone coverage. You could argue that he is mm-hmm. better, you know, because AJ Brown's so dominant against press man coverage. You could argue those guys sure. are better, but the only three guys I think you cannot <laughs> argue Tyler uh-huh. Lockett against is Jefferson Diggs and, and it's Adams. But man, I mean, that is how good he is as a route runner and just the explosiveness behind it is, is great as well. And, and I'm really, I am glad we're getting to see him isolated from, you know, Russell Wilson, just because there was right. so like kind of, yeah, that Russell Wilson made that connection. I think we know who really made that connection. Even if Russ used to be a really good player and maybe he has a better year this year, Lockett was doing a lot of heavy lifting in that relationship there. That's for sure. I mean, the deep ball accuracy and the deep ball chemistry between Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson uh, might be the best in NFL history. I, I mean, honestly, yeah. just just isolating deep balls like we're talking corners and, and nines like, man, 
Um, and people forget. I mean, people really do forget. But that that was magical. Tyler Lockett down the sideline. Russ Wilson throwing these moonshots, and Lockett coming down with them. Um, some of the best plays in NFL history for yeah. sure. All right. Uh, that's our show, man. We've got a great show coming up here in a couple of days. I really, uh, we're really hoping to get Derek class in and talk to him about this quarterback stuff, but man, um, in the interim, why don't you go check out the website receptionperception.com? And of course, if you're listening to us for the very first time, we appreciate you, man. Um, but we would love for you to like, and subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get your podcast. All right, but that's it for us for Matt Harmon. I'm James Coe. We'll see you.